Tragedy struck today as four co-eds were found dead with two gone missing in a rural Pennsylvania community. Victims were found with bite marks. More news at 11. Okay, everybody, we are back lickety split to episode 12 now, after we just talked about Evil Dead Rise in episode 11. We're here to discuss T. West's first movie, House of the Devil, right, Carrie? No, The Roost. Oh, The Roost. So you mean to tell me that the 09 modern throwback satanic panic masterpiece is not t west's first movie nope are you telling me that he directed wrote pretty much did everything in a short amount of time as a student filmmaker yes and do we know to this day how he got the lovable enjoyable tom noonan on board I can only piece together that they were both on the Sundance film circuits. So what movie together. are we talking about again? The Roost. The Roost. And for me, ooh, this was one, oof, bats. Have you ever been attacked by a bat before? I have seen a bat at a zoo. I have seen a bat fly overhead in my home back in Newcastle, Pennsylvania as of like 20, 25 years ago. I, I've had a bat swoop me, so this to me is a real feeling. Let's talk, Carrie, about T. West in general. He has some is somebody that since I was in college, I had heard about the roost. I had many people like, hey, you know, if you want to watch somebody who's into making like vintage throwback horror, you should really check this guy out. And I heard about the roost, and it, it took a hot minute. And what happened was, you and I saw the House of the Devil, and this really throwback retro poster for the House of the Devil at Redbox. Mm-hmm. And we watched this thing, and we were completely taken back, blown away by it, actually. And when I googled him, and I saw that the roost was actually available to buy, I'm like. And it, that looked like something that you would have saw at a drive-in. Yeah. I said, oh, he actually made a film like four or five years before this one. Let I'm going to buy this thing because I even remember at the time, I think it was still only like $10, $15. Like anybody that's got this much love for late 70s, early 80s, Satanic Panic Horror that features... um the breakup song and one of our submarines on a soundtrack and makes a movie that's more of a period piece like hey look at all of our neon clothes this is an 80s movie and a love letter to the 80s a love letter to the 80s anybody that can include a, an endearing fall in love with you uh jocelyn donahue that dancing alone. Dancing to the fix. That was like, that's, that iconic. will go down as iconic in yeah. horror of the past 30 years. Maybe ever. Um, if somebody tells or asks me, hey, what's a good satanic movie? 
top five, I'm going to list the house of the devil. I just will. And the roost really stands out for me. Um, as a movie that is it, does it blow you away? No. Does it give you a sense of nostalgia? Yes. Is it a typical T West slow burn? Yes. yes. You could tell that this guy he... was all about making things atmospheric, building suspense. Character development is key. The, guys, this is, you've all heard of this phrase, mumblecore. You're going to get a lot of dialogue and character interaction in a T West film. And I, there was a point in time where I thought, oh, he's done the, this little student film. He's done this throwback that everybody's talking about. The innkeepers, people were like, yeah. And we, you and I really enjoyed it. We actually recommended it to some of our family who's not really into horror. And they enjoyed, and it, they a lot. enjoyed it a lot. They're like, oh, yeah, this is like, this is like a combination of The Shining. Yep. I would argue that The Innkeepers is the least throwback film. It's more of a of thriller his... whodunit. What? We know whodunit. It's the ghost. I it's know, the woman it's who the died. ghost, but in, you don't know it from the beginning. Well, wait, this isn't... You and I are going to throw down in this episode. You don't know it You've in the beginning. You've drank too much whiskey now. <laughs> like, this isn't Scream meets Innkeepers. It's not a whodunit. I'm going to have to strongly disagree with that idea. Did that just pop into your head and you blurted it out? I feel like this is the whiskey talking now. <laughs> Maybe. At least you didn't throw up the number one finger at me yet. That's yet. Yet. That's a big yet. But he's he's really T West. And I will circle it back to the roost since that's what we're talking about. Pearl. Okay. And before that, X. And after both of those, Maxine, which is coming out. Highly anticipated. Highly anticipated. Highly. And we've got we've got Kevin Bacon joining the crew in that movie. This is going to be. Is this going to be the boogie nights for horror fans? That's the vibe that I'm starting to get. I'm. I think it is. You can definitely tell that he has a love of 70s, 80s horror. Yeah, and there's really only. <coughs> pardon me. By the way, I've barely coughed tonight. Let the record show. But you did spill. I spilled whiskey in between doing, finally finishing up the Evil Dead Rise episode and this episode. I'm sorry you all weren't here for me spilling that whiskey. Um, it was a it sad was a colossal moment. waste of whiskey. Uh, at least it wasn't the bottle. It was just maybe like an ounce or two. An ounce or two is an ounce or two too many. So... The one thing that I have to say that I have not, the one T West movie that I have not enjoyed, just because I've watched so many documentaries on it, was The Sacrament, mm-hmm. which was basically his take on, excuse me, the Jonestown Massacre. Yeah. And I apologize, everybody, because it is getting a little bit late for us during the middle of the work week and the school week. And this is a rough week. It's, it's officially Whiskey Wednesday down here in the DFM vault because. <laughs> We've hit that moment in time where it's like, yeah, we're going to do two episodes, but I'm not doing it without whiskey, especially not after this week, especially not after the kids decided that uh, they have had it with the standardized. I just dropped the ring came off my finger. Um, they have had it with these standardized tests and I can't blame them. I mean, they're not robots, but um, 
the other T West film before we go on too much of a T West career tangent, Carrie is uh, in a Valley of Violence with Ethan Hawke and John Travolta. That's a very interesting take with Ethan Hawke's character and his dog. Yeah, and um, it I would be interested to see T um you taking on something outside of horror again i'd like to see that i think you've made it when you've done a movie with ethan hawk yeah um the horror community is really all about this x trilogy yeah they they're really loving it um and i i see why they're loving it it's got that mix of gore sex exploitation kind of feel towards it I, I get it. I you get think it. They, so you and I haven't even watched Pearl. No. Okay. We. I mean, we We've both enjoyed. X. X was impressive. That was a lot of. That was very entertaining. And Jenna Ortega, actually, she was really good in that movie. She was good, but I would argue it was Mia the Mia, Mia Goth's Goth, movie, and the was. same in Pearl. And um. Well, she. I mean, she is the yeah. lead. Exactly. Um. There's something that I need to throw out there uh, regarding T. West's career. Um, there's a couple things. Um, one, VHS in his honeymoon segment. That was my favorite segment. Uh, that's still my favorite segment to this day. And I know we're both big T. West fans. Um, just want to mention that. VHS is probably my favorite VHS. Excuse me, with VHS 99 being my second favorite. And the people who did that kind of, I don't know the name of the segment exactly, but the Hell segment were the same couple who did Deadstream, which we all loved and the yeah. kids loved. It. And that really was like social media meets Evil Dead, you know, meets found footage. I, d- I did like the second VHS with the, the, the segment about the zombie that's running. By the way, the kids and aliens. Oh, they love aliens. The segment in VHS two with the aliens, kids versus aliens, is the expanded version of that VHS two segment. Really? Yes, it is. Yes. Yes. Ooh, I Ooh, just. I'm I so just, excited. Ooh, really? <laughs> um, we'll go there. So, Carrie, before we get too far off track, bring us back to the roost. Okay. And Tom Noonan, and did you have a little bit more information about the T West Tom Noonan connection? I couldn't find the the connection with Tom Noonan and T West, okay. but I I'm speculating the fact that they were both on the Sundance circuit. But I do know how this movie came to be, is that Larry Fessenden approached T West because he loved his short films. And asking, he approached him asking, you know, let's do a, a feature film. And he said, oh, I already have a script. And which, by the way, he lied. <laughs> he did not have a script. So he convinced Larry Fessenden that he needed the weekend to fine tune the script that he already had. Meanwhile, he wrote the entire script in three days. Whoever. Three days. I think confessions of a young student filmmaker would make make for a great youtuber podcast channel yeah um did so by the way larry fesden has been in a lot of movies that we've loved um 
Joe Bob did an episode with him, Carrie, that you need to watch it called Habit, which is a vampire movie from the Ooh, 90s. I love my vampire movies. You, you'll you like this one. A uh, little bit offbeat, but it it's it's a solid one. I like um, offbeat movies. And Larry Fezzedin was in the beginning of your next. He gets killed in the living room. That's right. Larry Fezzedin was kind of like the local gun shop owner in late phases werewolf what, movie. Wasn't T. West in your next? He too? sure was. He That was a big mumblecore slash yeah. gory slasher. Um, and I say gory slasher with a little asterisk because you all know the Terrifier 2 came out this year. And holy smokes did that just... Take take the indie horror scene by storm. You you had to convince me to watch that. You ended up liking it though. Two, I like two better than one personally. Well, one is definitely more of a grindhouse, X-rated. You shouldn't be. The, wa- My mom doesn't want me to watch this. Two feels like we've graduated to Friday the Thirteenth Part Two territory. But anyways, that's uh, we, the world has now been introduced to Art the Clown. I mean, and we I already knew of Art the Clown we from did, All Hallows We Eve. did because I dug deep 10 years ago. Like, what is this What is this All Hallows Eve? And what the heck is this Art the I, Clown? I was and pregnant with the twins. Who is this Damien Leone? Um, I, I've been talking about him for 10 years, and I'm glad to see Art become big. It, it, as soon as I saw, I bowed out at All Hallows Eve. As soon as I saw the pregnant woman being cut open, I said, I'm done. I'm out. I'm, I was pregnant with twins. So yeah. I was like, I'm out. Yeah. Yeah, I think if you revisit it now that the kids are older, you might not be as bothered by it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, Carrie, you've got this run of fetus, fetuses in horror movies because, you know, there was that one small moment in Evil Dead Rise where you thought she was going to take take whatever the soul out I was of cringing. the pregnant mom. I was like, no. Yeah, and then you've, you did, uh, you were out of the room when we were watching Joe Bob's episode episode i'm gonna sound like elmer elmer fudd with this whiskey anthropophagus or the grim reaper as it's also known um yeah yeah i i understand it um but the anthropophag anthropophagus it's like a musical instrument you can't pronounce Uh, i it's so ridiculous looking it doesn't bother me i'm sure it's so ridiculous looking And, and look Look, Again, even the fetuses don't take a backseat to a dog or a cat or an animal getting killed. Kill the fetus all you want, but you better not touch that animal. <laughs> That's how I feel. It's like, for me, I mean, given that I had a C-section, I would venture to say that that was more horrifying than anthropophagus, probably. It ranks up there in the most horrifying scenes I've seen in my entire life. One, your C-section and me walking in. <laughs> It was like a Copperfield show where here's Carrie's top half of her body, a canyon of nothingness and blood and guts. And then the rest of your body, which was like, you know, from your butox down. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Guys, whatever you do, don't Google C-section. Horror show. For twins. I saw more in those 15 20 minutes that i've had in my entire life and nothing compares to that not even anthropophagus trust me (laughs) visceral is not even the right word it's more like there is no word for it i mean my skin was like flopping over 
It was horrific. Yeah. If you are squeamish. And those... How about they're like, oh, yeah, you'll get to go. They'll they'll have a sheet up. They'll Uh -uh. have a sheet up past her neck. Uh -uh. And the sheet is like... 3.5 inches tall i'm like barely covers my head unless i tuck my hairline down below this little tiny three by five card sheet you did duck at one time i did duck but i will i i benefited from being so exhausted from being there we were up for like 30 hours almost at that point yeah i anyways now we're going from the roost to our roost (laughs) the roost to our roost let's bring it back to the movie carrie does that make me a hen? <laughs> Cock a fucking doodle do. All right. We've got, we've got, okay. We've got Tom Noonan. We've, we've talked about him, Carrie. Um, Carl Jacob. Listen, by the way, I mentioned late phases. Tom Noonan was in late phases. You might not remember that. I don't. Okay. But I love that okay. movie. But don't forget, Carrie, he was in Monster Squad. Yes, I do remember that. Dude, he was in Collision with Jay Leno and nice. Robocop 2. Oh, I do remember Robocop 2. I cannot forget one of my most underrated and favorite werewolf films, Wolfen. He was yes. the coroner in Wolfen. I love, we love Wolfen. Did I say Manhunter? I meant no. to mention Manhunter, but I didn't. You can't. If you say Tom Noonan, you've got to say Manhunter in his like top three. Okay. Um, he was in FX. Um, he's always, he's Brian. also been in X-Files too. Oh, everybody's been in X-Files. Um, but we've got Carl Jacob as Trevor. We've got the Hornoff brother and sister, Vanessa Hornoff and Will Hornoff as Allison and Elliot. Okay. We've got Richard Little as Elvin, Barbara Wilhide as May. Um, we've got Sean Reed as Brian. We've got um, Larry Fezzedin actually shows up towards the end of this film yes. driving a tow truck. The alternate ending. He, like the rewind. And Yes. And we've got John Sparadakos as Officer Mitchell. Okay. Gets it pretty fast. Gets it. And he is actually probably my favorite character, non-lead character. It's funny because this movie... I think it's the brother and the sister are the yep. lead. Okay, yep. but but um Officer Mitchell is probably my favorite character this whole entire movie and I think that that's where the effects shine. Yeah. So now that I've said all of that. And this is a 2005 movie. Yes. Yeah, I, I actually caught wind of this while we were in college, uh, of The Roost. Yeah, that would have been junior year. Right around junior year, like when I turned 21. There was I, a whole I, lot of drinking going on. whole lot of shaking going on. A <laughs> whole lot of drinking going on. Okay, and I do recall hearing about this, just whispers about it. Um, it might have been four-year entertainment at the old Indiana Mall. There was a couple of guys there that used to work there. I wish I would have stayed connected with them. They weren't like friends, but they were just like every time you went to the mall, you saw these guys. And that's a piece of Americana that's died off. Yeah. And um, mall rats. Yeah. There, there were just, and, and you would go to Spencer's for the movie poster and FYE for the DVD or like, you know, you get super pissed because they buy the whole box set of 
bobcat goalie and Steve Gutenberg and Galizia. You were so mad at me for spending that I money. was. I was like, why would you spend this much beautiful, money? Beautiful, beautiful box set. Um, because Mahoney, man. Um, Listen, I'm a fan of Police Academy. I love those movies. Not Police Academy 6 or whatever, yeah. Moscow or yeah, whatever I'm it is. Like, I haven't even seen half of these for real. This whiskey. Three hours later. Feeling good. It's feeling good. <laughs> smells like butterscotch. It still smells like bonfire. Bonfire, bonfire is bacon and butterscotch. The three B's. Bears, Battlestar, Galactica. <laughs> now, I want, now I want bacon. Ooh, we should have bacon and whiskey. Why not? Yeah. Hey, whiskey and breakfast. There you go. There we go. Second breakfast. Um, <gasps> we, we have not... We have not gotten into the roost whatsoever, Carrie. <laughs> We're super comfy. We're too comfy. <laughs> Carrie, let's talk about the poster from the roost. Yeah, it says um, terror awaits, and it has a picture of a skull. So there's that poster. In the house. I-, I love that. But there is the poster that features Tom Noonan on it that says a nightmare unparalleled in the history of human imagination this speaking of like host and horror movie hosts like tom noonan plays this horror movie host and like he's playing something that's like creep show-esque almost yeah yeah it's a very much a throwback to that um and i loved i loved how when tom noonan was in it it went to black and white I love that aspect, that contrast. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that um, it's like it's the throwback. Yeah. That's all it is. It's the throwback. It it's saying, okay, we know what kind of movie we are. We're low budget. Um, it's okay to just have this horror host kind of wraparound segment. Mm-hmm. I think Tom Noonan knew the job not to take it too seriously, but to have fun, fun. with it and to honor and it was a horror studio host. film. Yeah, honor horror host agreed that come um, come before him, and it just it actually does remind me of Chili Willie out of Pittsburgh. Um, and I'll have to show him. He's and then on, there's a whole other secretive element that added to it. The master is coming. You the master go. is coming, and the master is like a hound of hell at the end. Speculation, it's, or it's is like it a, a vampire? No, I think if you go back and look at that again, it's like a How? werewolf or a hound of hell. It's definitely wolf esque if you go back and look. Have you, wait, have you watched Creep? The found footage with the serial killer dude up in the cabin pretending like he's terminally ill? I think you've shown me trailers of it. Okay. And creeped you too. You showed me trailers. We gotta of it. Wa- we gotta watch it, especially if in season two we're gonna do some kind of found footage month. And we're gonna also do a serial killer month. Serial killer, found footage, police procedural, and some other things. But um, that's down a little bit down the road, folks. Yeah. But um, yeah, Carrie. Uh, regarding favorite characters in this movie, my favorite is Allison. So again, she's, she's like got the sassiness and she's basically telling all the boys that they're being dumbasses. 
Yeah, it, I feel like Tom Noonan is like too easy of a choice here. Okay, so again, I mentioned him earlier, but I'm gonna get over. I'm gonna go with John Sparadakos as Officer Mitchell. I think that that's the best kind of, I guess, creature effects. And by the way, when somebody gets attacked by the bats, what are they turning into? Is it like a zombie? zombie? Yeah, it's a zombie-esque. And like, there's a debate going on whether or not the bats were vampire bats or were they zombie bats? Like, was there something in their blood that turned people into zombies and reanimated them? So there's, I mean, it's... A, open to your interpretation too was it COVID 05 <laughs> maybe <laughs> COVID 05 animal dude if you see the pictures of the big old bats over in like what is it the um the philippines or something Mm-mm. i used to have a co-worker who was filipino or several co-workers who were filipino okay man I mean, they've they've gone and they visited family back there, and it's just, it's a different world. Yeah, there's like these bats that are like four feet long mm-hmm. that are massive. We used okay. to trade like uh, recipes for like cooking stuff. Bats too? No. Oh, uh, I couldn't do that to a bat. No. I mean, when one scooped me, it was, you know, me, I'm terrified of birds. You touched a bat? No, it, it, um, it touched my hair. How about, how about the scene in the great outdoors, which has got to be immortal in terms of like, excuse me, immortal, immortalized, (laughs) immortal. Here we are born to be kings. We are the bats of the movies. (laughs) Are you really (laughs) flapping your arms right now? (laughs) It is late and I'm getting delirious. That's okay. So, okay. So I, I, I think that my officer, the cop choice, that's my choice just because of the effects alone. Um, Carrie, what is your favorite death? I have to say Allison. Yeah, and, and she's your favorite. She's my favorite character. Character period. She, I mean, she basically adds a female element because you have to have a female element in a horror film. At least I think mm-hmm. um, to hold that contrast between male and female, and what will male certain males do versus females do, and that dynamic playing off of each other. I think that's what makes it great. I'm not going to lie. I feel like I'm having an out-of-body experience with all this whiskey in my system. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm looking over at you as you're saying this, but I'm also simultaneously looking at myself looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> Are you tripping? I can see my body. No, I'm not tripping. Um, yeah, I, I, the officer is my favorite character. Uh, Larry Fezzedin is the tow truck guy at the end. You don't really get to see him a whole lot. But that's a great moment because it just ends like a lot of grindhouse or driving movies. It ends on a negative note, like nobody makes it out alive. Well, if you think of a sacrament movie, no one makes it out alive too. Yeah, but again, that's like my least favorite title. Excuse me, T West. Papa. What? The sacrament. What are you talking about? Where the monsters like Papa. I remember thinking about something else. 
I don't know. Can you expand on this sacrament papa tie-in? This is about the Jonestown Massacre. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell is going on over there on the other side of the table? Papa? What are you talking about? Kawatu from like Total Recall? I don't... (laughs) Like, where are you going with this, Gary? I don't know. (laughs) My lord. (laughs) I'm delirious. Holy smokes. (laughs) okay guys we'll listen um that about does it for us um but first well wait we have to mention we can't mention go without mentioning this this was the setting every time i try to get out she pulls me back in the setting was to take place in the pennsylvania farm area for a second there, I thought you were about to go on some spiel about you being Pennsylvania Dutch. Why well, am? Which you like to mention at every opportunity that you can. Mm, make some, there's some good recipes out there. Pennsylvania Dutch recipes. <laughs> T-West mm. student filmed the roost and Pennsylvania Dutch recipes. And I can promise you it deals with dough, bread, dough, bread, chicken. Yep. Dough, bread, dough, pretzel, chicken. Dessert. <laughs> Ooh, hit the mic. Dessert. Yeah, made of bread and chicken. <laughs> Ew. Um, what What is the point that you wanted to make? Mutsy balls. Yes. That's all I have to say. We'll tell the dear listener what a mutsy ball is. Because so, this is a made-up Johnstown, Pennsylvania Dutch It's, it's thing. a made-up Dutch. Um, so my grandmother grew up in the Depression where you had to reuse ingredients. So when she would be making pies... She would take the extra pie dough and she would put butter and cinnamon and she'd roll it up and bake it in a cat, like a cast iron um, pan. And they're like, they're not cinnamon rolls, but cinnamon rolls is close to it. It's just dough with cinnamon and butter and it's delicious. And it's a tradition in our family. No matter what. Sometimes I'll just make the pie dough to make the mutsy balls. Not pie. Just the mutsy balls. See, you tuned in for the roost. And you ended up with a Pennsylvania Dutch tradition. I mean, didn't you see that one company? Oh, my gosh. Didn't you see that one coming, dear listener? Guys, I'm not going to lie to you. There's a lot of whiskey involved in this roost episode. Which I think is appropriate. Inappropriate. Wait. No, it's appropriate. appropriate. It's, it's appropriate. Is inappropriate? Is there something in between inappropriate and appropriate? Is there just is there just appropriate? <laughs> Unappropriate. Okay. Well, anyways, um, let's rank or let's score T West the Roost, the first film, not House of the Devil. Let's rank this. Carrie, I'll let you go first. I'd probably give it about a three. A three. It's a okay. solid. Okay, I, I like that score. Um, I'm going with 2.5 out of 5. Uh, House of the Devil, I think, um, if I remember correctly from our first or second episode, is probably like a 3.5 or a 4 out of 5 for me. So I'm going to give this a 2.5. I just think that there is a lot of talking. It's hard to get into the mumble core sometimes. But that's that's to you because I don't mind the dialogue. I, I enjoy the dialogue, and it is a, it is the mainstay of mumblecore horror. It's just 
it you could tell that this is a student film that's not a bad thing that's not a knock i just think you could tell that he makes that leap from the, the, the roost devil. to the house of the devil it's just that much more well and he had a film it's in that between that more, he did have um, a film in between efficient that. what is the film in between those two you mean trigger man yeah i've heard about trigger man but in terms of horror um this feels like a student film it feels like it's something that you would see at a grindhouse that's not a knock at all it's a solid film it does have a lot of those qualities that this is somebody who's just starting out yeah um you could tell but, but you could tell also that there's a lot of love very well use of the barn the scenes in the barn the confinement of the barn and being trapped in the barn and trying to figure out the next steps that was very well done in my opinion yeah so guys that brings us to a dfm rating of 2.75 out of 5 flamethrowers this one if you're going into this thinking that you're going to get some slower masterpiece you're probably going to be disappointed however if you can keep an open mind knowing that this is hey i want to check out t west filmography i only have heard of them because of pearl or x or, or innkeepers or innkeepers or what have you and like oh joe bob talked about the house of the devil dig a little bit deeper check them out okay um, also, I, I know a lot of people are like on the fence about the MTV Scream series, but he's um, directed some episodes of TV series yeah. that are very entertaining. When you see the Halloween party episodes of Scream, you could tell that that has T. West written all over it. Oh, yeah. The, and those were very well done. Absolutely. So, um, guys, appreciate you. Um, we're going to head to intermission in segment two of this episode. We are going to talk about horror movie settings, specifically horror movies that take place in a barn, but also why a barn is so creepy. Love you guys. Take it easy. See you for uh, segment two. Show starts in eight minutes. Today, we're interviewing a stomach. Hello there. What is life like as a stomach? Oh, boy, it was humdrum. I mean, until what's-his-name discovered Tony's Pizza. Tony's Pizza? Yeah, I was suffering from the pizza cravings until Tony's came along. Crispy crusts and zesty sauces. <laughs> wow. And so now... What's that? Another pizza craving. Just thinking about Tony's sets it off. Oh, where, where are you going? He's going to get a Tony's Pizza. And I follow him anyway. Does your stomach send you pizza craving signals? Oh, wow. Tony's, the pizza craver's pizza. Available at the concession stand. Show starts in seven minutes. Yum, yum. It's a meal in itself. Our all-meat super dog. Enjoy one now. Show starts in six minutes. Men, there's a drive-in movie full of juicy people. Wow! It's a trap! Help! It's Pick! We've had it, men. 
pleasant aroma for you, but not for mosquitoes. Pick is easy to use. Light it and forget it. Pick's aroma keeps mosquitoes, gnats, and sandflies away. Pick is the best protection for barbecues, fishing and camping trips, or just relaxing in the yard. So if you don't want our company ever anywhere, just like Pick and see what I mean? Bye! Pick is on sale at the refreshment stand now. Okay, guys, we are back for segment two for episode 12 where we uh, just discussed T. West's very first student film, The House of the Devil. Nope. The Roost. Oh, yeah, that's right. The Roost. T. West. Get it right. T. West's student film, where there's some crazy-ass bats turning people into zombies. And we love it. It's a solid film. Um, It's open-ended a lot to your imagination. Yeah. And you know what? There's a lot of movies, Carrie, that take place in a barn. I'll probably save the most famous one for last involving a certain slasher. Yeah, I know. That's in 3D. Yeah. We'll save we'll save that little boy. Boy? That little man. (laughs) Jason's just a little man. We'll save him for last. Because now we're gonna talk about our dog who's growling at the door kind of freaking me out a little yeah. bit. It's a little spooky. Ooh. Pumpkin? Maybe it's the whiskey talking. It's not as big of a deal as we're making it out Lay to be. Lay down, girl. So, Carrie, let's talk about why a barn in horror movies works really well. The confinement, the tools that can be used to basically kill people, hurt people. Um, the escape, the unlikely escapability. You have a lot of trapped people for the most part. So, or burning people. (laughs) You know, it's funny to me how barn movies always, I mean, I guess, can you really have a barn without hay? No. Can you really have can you really have a barn movie that doesn't involve um a loft? Is are we are we talking about a sub 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 sub, sub genre that exists that has movies like The Barn and The Barn 2? Like it's it's not something that stands on its own two feet outside of The Barn and Barn 2, which we love because we're Pennsylvanians and those are western we're from Western PA, and those are Western PA horror films. But, you know, we've got... Here's one that you haven't thought of, and I'm pointing my finger at you. Because you're going to say, oh my god, I can't believe I didn't think about this. A Quiet Place has a barn in it, Yes, Carrie. it does. You're welcome. I know you love that movie. Oh, I do. And I love that movie too, but I think you love it even a little bit oh, more I do. than I do. I, I, I love... Listen, there's we have to at some point review a quiet place. We have to because I have so much to say about that movie. So much. So um signs. That's another one, yes. Um the ultimate tinfoil hat aliens are coming to get us. The village. 
Um, we currently have some noises going on down here in the DFM vault. Maybe that's what's getting Pumpkin all kind of disturbed. Yeah. Lay down, honey. Um, Good girl. She just turned two recently. You know, I'd be remiss if I, Carrie, if I didn't mention that Joe Bob's new episode coming out, the new double feature is Walpurgis Knot, part two. And another movie that takes place in a barn is The Wicker Man. Which I know you I haven't have not seen. seen. I've heard about it. Yeah, I I think that if you have um if you're featuring witches, there's just something that goes along <laughs> with witches and barns. It's a thing. <laughs> um, aha, we've got some movement going on here in the DFM vault. Ah, uh, but first, yep. Thanks, boy. Let's hear what Jake the Midnight Traveler has to say about the roost. <laughs> Case and carry. Yeah, this is why I hate having to go to weddings. Greetings, my fiendish, frightening friends. It's me, Jake, the Midnight Traveler, here again to share some insights and dark frights about this week's film. A frights. Can't get enough of that alliteration, folks. This is going to be another first here on Letters from the Midnight Traveler. As this film has only been on my radar for a couple of weeks, and I only first saw it less than five days ago. Yes, tonight we talk about the debut from slow burn horror master Ty West, a familiar face to the Dying for Midnight team for sure, and his film The Roost, one that is sure to drive you batty. How did this get into my hands and in front of my eyes, you ask? Well... This is all due to the efforts of you, Case. It was a production meeting, a.k.a. a mid-afternoon phone call that inspired your host and my bud to literally track me down and send me something for a change. I was touched and now had something to look forward to. It was soon after that I found out that this was going to be the subject of an episode, so I got to writing and reflecting, and now here we are. So let's get into it, folks, and dive into this deadly drive into the darkness. Now, I've been a fan of West's work, and I was looking forward to watching it. So far to me, he's been four for four in what I've seen thus far, so the odds were in my favor that this would be a damn good time. Well, it was his first film, and the budget was low, and I must say that this one was... Not as good as I hoped. What was the cause? Well, ironically, it was the very thing that as a cinephile I am the most lenient on. But first, let's go into what did work. Now, right from the get-go, I dug the late-night horror host wraparound shtick. I don't think that I will ever not like that sort of thing. And who they get to play it? None other than the great Tom Noonan, who executes it with such detached weirdness that you can't really fault him for a less-than-stellar script. So far, we're off to a great start as we then cut to a lonely road with four passengers barely speaking above a whisper. I guess this was the mumblecore that I'd heard attached to West's early work. Mumblecore was a movement that was defined as a millennial-era brand of horror that relies on dialogue, low-budget aesthetics, and interpersonal relationships to develop scary stories. 
well, this is all fine and good, but I still need to hear and understand what the hell they're saying. It was here that I started to see what my ultimate issue would be with the rest of the film. I didn't think that the four main characters were likable, nor did I think that the actors gave particularly good performances. They were annoying, stiff, and not really easy to root for. That aside, I think the premise was decent. Batsit could kill you and then turn into a murder zombie? Cool. I also liked the cinematography and the lighting and thought that the kills were well done, and the effects looked pretty good for such an aforementioned low budget. Still, though, I was rooting for the deaths of all four of the main characters the entire time and rooting for the triumph of the bats. I guess you could say that this was just the first step in a young director's career, and it isn't without its faults. Did he get better? Hell yes, he did. He's about to drop the final installment of a killer trilogy by year's end, and I am determined to see it in the theater. And he isn't the only one out there who didn't come strong out of the gate to me either. As big of a fan of them as I am, I don't really like the first Judas Priest album. Unfocused and immature and far from where they, they would become by album number two. The first one doesn't really do it. It would take longer for West to hit his stride, but I think that it was worth the wait. You can also look at it this way. It's a fate worse than death to peak when you're young. And I don't think that T. West will have to worry about that. That's for sure. As for me, I'd better be on my way. There's a wedding that I've been roped into attending back east, and I'm out of excuses as to why I can't attend. Man, I really thought my idea of telling them I can't go due to being attacked by a horde of ravenous bats was something no one had thought of before. See you next midnight, Jake. <sighs> Guys, we're distracted by the movement in the DFM vault. I think it's haunted down here. Ooh. See, we've drank too much whiskey, and now we're starting to hear things. Um, it's okay, girl. Lay it's down. It's okay, honey. It's okay. It's okay, sweetheart. She's like, wait, am I asleep still? Or she was out. Our dog Pumpkin was out, and then she's like, whoa, what's that noise? could be one of the kids going to the bathroom very much so i'm talking about barns and horror movies so which is also on fire one oh. particular barn in particular are you talking about midsummer yes which is that was a messed up movie that movie is such a mind melt like revenge it's actually here's the one thing that people don't talk about when they talk about mental health <laughs> that's not where I was going with this. I was going like, you're seeing a slow train wreck. It's like, hey, let's let's talk about this girl that killed herself and her family by running the exhaust fumes throughout her entire house at the start of the movie. Yeah, and she meant like, to only kill herself, and like, she, instead she killed her parents. No, yeah. she meant to kill everybody. That's how I took all that. Oh, I took it. She meant to kill herself, but she was not smart about it. So, when a movie starts out like that, um, I'm like, okay, so we're kind of getting a hint 
at everybody's fate in this movie, meaning um, we're going to a very strange place with very strange beliefs. And what causes people to put themselves in this situation? Oh, in cult-like situations. Um, and, oh, yeah, just like, yeah, let's all gather around. Uh, let's stand here and watch these people walk off or be nudged off a fucking cliff. Because like, they're old. Because they're old. I'm like, yeah, this is just the way of things, you guys. Just stand here and accept all this. And, uh, oh, yeah, I'm terrified by this. But, oh, by the way, I can't stop watching. And all of a sudden, by the way, I find myself at this table where people are getting married. People are committing themselves to death. People are committing themselves to sex acts. Um, and oh yeah, let's just um, put a put a freaking bear suit on um, and sit inside this barn or this hut and burn and just like yeah, I'm so paralyzed. Just pour this freaking shit all over me and I'll just sit here and watch, see what happens. Sacrifice. I uh, can't react to being burned alive. Uh, it doesn't help right now, folks, that down here in the DFM vault, we've got sounds coming from the walls. Um, I have a feeling that given it's spring in Pennsylvania, we've got some critters that are probably trying to get inside or here. Rain. That sounds like one of the kids is trying to open the door. Open the door. I knew. I that it was it. a child. I called it. Come in. Zombie Toots. Zombie Toots is here. He lives. Oh my gosh, you made it for our second segment, Zombie Toots. We're live, Zombie Toots. We are live. It's a storm. It's a storm. The storm? Aww. Okay, come over to the mic, Zombie Toots. You came here at the right time. Come on over. You're. Come on over. Okay, we've got a special guest here for Horror Etc., uh, where we're talking, this is a perfect time to talk about barns. Okay. Zombie toots. You come over here. I want you to tell the viewers about our favorite haunted attraction that we go to. What's the name of the haunted attraction? Um, down the road. Didn't we go it, there during Halloween? Yeah. What's it called? Um, Kim's, Kim's Crypt. Kim's Crypt in Spring Grove, Pennsylvania. And one of our favorite memories is that we went, part of the haunted attraction is we went through a barn. And who gave you a big fist bump? Who scared the crap out of daddy but gave you a fist bump? Yeah. Jason. Yeah. Jason. You laughed. Friday the 13th part three. Yeah. Yeah. You were yeah. laughing and fist bumping you were all the way. And fist bumping the dude dressed up as Jason. And they they were so impressed. He had a pitchfork and he scared the bejesus out of Daddy. Kim he came out from behind the hay bales. Kim from Daddy Kim's jumped, Crypt jumped was coming off. up to you guys in town saying, "Oh my God, you guys are here. That's awesome." Meanwhile, there was other kids crying in line. There was kids three or four years older than you bawling their eyes out. You guys were pros at six. Yeah. So hey guys, we've got zombie toots. Here, Zombie Toots, you want to give any bonus reactions to Evil Dead Rise? What are your thoughts about that movie? Um, it was, it was, like, scary. 
too yeah. many jump scares for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, anyways, my dude, do you want to go back and go back to bed? No, you need to go back no, to bed, buddy. I can't because because the storm's gonna like keep me keep on going. Oh, well, that's okay. Well, listen, I can hold down the fort a little bit while you, while uh, Demonette puts zombie toots back to bed. All right, people, I'm gonna hold it down with some other movies that uh, involve horror movies and barns. Okay, so we talked about the barn and the barn too just a little bit. We had. Guys, if you haven't listened to us, we we did a, a whole bonus episode where I talked about The Barn too. But the original Barn um, is still probably my favorite uh, out of those two. Um, a Quiet Place features a barn. Um, the Conjuring features a barn. Okay. Um, we've also got... Here's a movie that nobody talks about when you think about a barn. Guys, the Night of the Living Dead. Um, how can we forget that one? Okay. This is barn movies are all about isolation. There, Yeah, there's a whole slew of movies like The Slash, The Slaughter, The Redwood Massacre, Babysitter Wanted, um... Storm Warning, The Pack, The Fields, um, what are some other ones from the dark? Isolation. Yeah, the sacrament that we mentioned. Yeah, there's some there's some barn elements to that. What about the witch, you guys? Okay. By Robert Eggers. Plenty of barn type stuff in that one. <laughs> Arachnophobia. Lest we forget Arachnophobia, directed by Frank Marshall. Okay, Jeff Daniels, Misery, there's a barn element to Misery, Children of the Corn, are you kidding me? Um, Torment, Splice, Fortress, Inbred, we've got Demonette coming back here, 100 Bloody Acres, Farmhouse, Charlie's Farm, Frontiers, Creep Show's got that kind of element to it, okay. Sorry, folks. Zombie toots, he doesn't like storms. Hey Anytime guys, that there was a storm. Guys, you can't mention barn and horror without mentioning Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, Hello. Yeah. Uh, okay. The whole house is a barn. The next generation with Matthew McConaughey and Renee Zellweger. Um, village of the Damned has a barn the element. Village. Let's scare Jessica to death. The Village. Rock and Roll Nightmare. Um, mm, funny, fun fact, yeah. the village and the roost were both filmed in Delaware. Really? Really. I looked it up. Interesting. So let's talk about probably the most famous and not for very long because later this year in Halloween season, spooky season, we're going to talk in depth about Friday the 13th, the original and the 1984 Crystal Lake Massacre Trilogy, a.k.a. Friday the 13th Part 2, 3D, and the final chapter. But right now, we're just going to focus on the barn, the barn scenes, the people in the barn, the people that killed in the barn, the people that survive in the barn <laughs> from Friday the 13th Part 3 in 3D. Carrie, tell me your experience. 
with Friday the 13th part. First of all, while I enjoy the biker gang following them, it seems like... Fox and Chili. Yeah. And... <laughs> like, why? Like, why? Well, they were there. I mean, they didn't need to. They could have just gone on somewhere else and just... People that are in urban biker gangs need time away in the woods. Weekends of the woods. There's that whole trailer saying that I love from Friday the 13th Part 3. There is something missing from horror movies these days. Are people on their screens too much? Yes. Are people like, are we running out of material for horror movies? People are like, well, I'm just safe at home. I don't need to go anywhere and experience uh, <laughs> something weird like a cabin in the woods. Talk about horror story in your house. In fact, Zombie Tooth just told me we are not cursed. It was just him with his sweaty palms. I'm so confused right now. All the noise was Zombie Tooth trying to open the door. Carrie, now tell me what goes through your head when I would decide I want to watch Friday the 13th 1 through 4 for the 5th millionth time. Well, I'm down with 1 and 2. Yeah. But when it gets to 3, I'm like, okay. I've seen it but enough. But Final Chapter is pretty good. It is. Final Chapter is pretty good. You like good. it better than 3D? Yeah. I, it it know, is a superior film, I for, think. For me, I don't like 3D movies, period. I have that adverse reaction to 3D movies. Just, it, it's hard for me to get into a 3D movie. It does make my eyes feel buggy watching it on the TV. You know, oh, with, and the, the, I with can't the, do the 3D glasses. glasses. I yeah. can't do the 3D glasses. I have a feeling that old school 3D analog in the theater would be much more fun. I can't speak to it. Remember that one time I I found that theater that was playing and I was like, oh. But I was like, no, it's. I found an IMAX theater that's not far from us. That was playing Friday the 13th. 3D. Um, 3D, Jason and IMAX. No, but they have a lot of 3D stuff. Yeah. Remember we almost went we said how cool it would be they were playing Thriller in 3D? Yeah. Or excuse me, th not in 3D. Thrill Thriller in IMAX. Yes. That would have been a lot of fun. Um The kids have yet to experience IMAX. I've only experienced it once in my life. So, Jason in the barn, like he's chilling in the barn for a lot of this movie. He makes his way to the barn. He's creeping kind of like around the bar at the bar. <laughs> Jason's creep Jason's creeping at the bar. He digs your vibes from across the bar. Jason wants to buy you a drink. Don't, no. don't, no, don't no. take the drink. Jason won't be at the bar. Okay, Jenny and Paul and Ted are at the bar talking about Jason. Jason. Okay, but I'm talking about Jason at the barn. He's creeping around the barn door, staring out at you as you're looking across the way from the Higgins house, Higgins Haven. And what is with the dreams? The dreams. You mean Chris's? Yeah, Chris's dreams. So there's is it been... psychic? Is it psychic? I've been on IMDb since I don't know, at least fifteen to twenty years. Not anymore because they got rid of the message boards. And Damn. what a terrible choice that was. Yeah, that was the best part of IMDb. So he supposedly raped her in the woods mm -hmm. but she doesn't use those words okay 
Yeah, she does. But it does, there was a hot debate on IMDb for years. And this debate raged across all the movies. It wasn't just contained to the IMDb threads on F13 Part 3, 3D. Jason doesn't seem in like a rapist, areas. so. Yeah, but he eats dogs. So is rape really out of the question? <laughs> um, anyways. Yeah. In the barn. He's a child, though, in a, an adult body. Yeah. Well, nobody's taught him right from wrong. Not really, because Pab was already, excuse me, crazy. So uh, Jason in this barn versus Chris, where she wraps the rope. She battles him out. The biker dude like gets his arm hacked off, and she hangs him. And he like he like pulls himself up and lifts up his mask. She's like, can't be alive. That is so maniacal. That still freaks me out to this day. Like, yeah, these movies are campy. Yeah, it's such a ridiculous scenario. The chances of it are so slim. But put yourself in that scenario. And it's pretty fucking scary. And she gets the better of him, the axe to the head. And then we get to the opening chapter of final chapter. <laughs> and I feel like that's where Jason really dies for the first time. I agree. People say, oh, he's not undead Jason until part six. I'm going to have to respectfully disagree with my fellow camp counselors. You can't survive a, 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 and his, a knife to the head. The color of his skin and the fact that he's got this massive gash in his head from the axe from Chris in part three and his gnarly blackish fingernails. It's almost like... This is like an in-between stage for Jason. Yeah. Um, the helicopter scene where they have his body and all the police and ambulance and first responders are gathering. It's such a quiet, eerie moment. I don't think barn movies get enough credit for... creep The creep factor. The creep factor. Friday the 13th might have used the barn to the best, in the best way possible, to the greatest, with the greatest effect. The lurking the in the barn, the isolation, the stealing, the rusticness of the barn, the stealing, the biker gang stealing. Yeah. And people who are from urban or suburban areas coming to a place like Hagen's Haven. Um, or in the roost, coming to a barn, having zero experience with any kind of farm country, zero ex- understanding of what's inside of a barn, what to expect with a barn. I mean, look at the bikers swinging out, swinging out on a rope. Yeah, having it's fun. It's like they've never experienced something like that before. This is the whole idea of this is this whole setup is foreign to me. It's pretty damn creepy. Yeah, it's like a kid in a candy shop. They can't resist. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm out in the rural setting. Nothing could go wrong here. Wrong. Or or something that's been there for a while is just waiting for the right opportunity. And you're the dumbass that lingered. Yeah. Any other thoughts on the roost, Carrie, or the barn in the 
horror community. Check out The Roost. If you enjoy T. West movies, check out The Roost. Um, personally for me, I, I had a physical reaction to all the bats just because I've been attacked by bats and I have a dislike for birds. There you go. Alfred Hitchcock, The Birds, and The Roost double feature. There you I, go. No. Uh-uh. <laughs> no, I have to break those up. I can't have those in one night. That has to be broken up. Too much trauma for me. All right, guys. Don't go into the barn. Don't go into the barn. Don't go into Jason's woods. Don't you dare go to somebody who invites you to a cultist-like retreat somewhere in Europe. Okay? We've got Walpurgis Night coming up. Mm-hmm. You guys better be careful. You watch yourself. You watch out for those those Euro cultists, okay, who say, come out to the woods for a retreat. Nope. Watch our old ways that you've never seen before in your entire life. Nope. But quickly come to accept it and be okay with everything happening in front of your eyes. No. The moment you see shit go down in a barn, get the fuck out of there. Carrie? Peace out.